from Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. So I had in my mind to wrap up our series, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, today, knowing very well that it's Mother's Day, but I didn't just want to talk about Mother's Day because that just seems cliche. But as I was preparing to do, uh, to wrap up the series, I kind of just felt this nudge. And I don't even want to say it was the Holy Spirit. I don't want to say that it was the Spirit saying, you know, you need to change your focus. Um, But a little bit of a nudge just to say kind of why not? And so I kind of had this conversation with God. I went something like this. Um... Well, it's, it's Wednesday afternoon, God, and, and we have a plan. And I, this is when I really felt the Spirit of God say to me, it's up to you. And I, I think it's important for me to mention that because I think often we think God only has one route to take. And if we take only the one route, if we don't take that one route, then we're not in God's will and plan. But I think the good Heavenly Father being a good Heavenly Father sometimes gives us a few choices. And he says, you choose and I'll bless as long as you're faithful in each. And so I kind of took the the sideline today and I thought, why not? Let's give it a go. And so I kind of shifted focus for today. So we're going to finish up our series next week. And I want to I dive into more of a devotional today, less of a teaching kind of moment, but more of a devotional looking at the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus, because I believe that there's some lessons there that are applicable for all of us, not just mothers. So this is for mothers, yes, but this is for all of us, actually, uh, in the life of Mary. So I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and we'll uh, pray and we'll take a look. Father, thank you again for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you that you're worthy of worship and that we can worship you together, God. I'm grateful for the team and those who serve, Lord, that we're able to conduct these services, God, still even a year or so into this. Lord, we bless you for your faithfulness to Parkway, God. We bless you for the faithful people of Parkway, God, how they give generously so that we can continue to do what we do here. And as we turn our attention, God, to uh, the mother Mary today, Mary, the mother of Jesus, as we look to the scriptures and try to pull maybe some truths that we can learn from her life. I pray that our, our ears and our hearts would be open to what you want to say, to the nudges, God, to the direction, to the leading of your spirit. And so lead us today in your word. And we just thank you for moms again. We pray you bless them. We thank you for uh, uh, stepmoms and grandmoms and aunties and spiritual moms and fill-in moms and And we think of those, God, again, that are struggling today, God. We know that you're a comforter, so comfort and provide in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I love my mom. Uh, I have the best mom. And I was trying to think of a couple things to share about my mom. She's probably watching today, like the good mom that she is. She's a Parkway extended family member. Um, Actually, during the entire thing of COVID, I think Parkway has become her church home. Hi, mom. And uh, I was thinking of a couple things about my mom uh, that I love the most, and it was so hard to narrow it down, but I came up with these, these two. These are definitely in the top things I love about my mom. The first thing is this. I love my mom because my mom still cries when we separate. We can be together for two hours, not even. We can be get together for a short time, but when we go say goodbye, she starts to get all teary-eyed. And I'm 35 years old. 
I've lived away from my mom for a long time. I have my own kids and my own family, but my mom still cries. And I'm the typical son. I laugh at her, right? Because I think that's what sons should do. We should laugh at our moms. And I poke fun at her and I say, mom, what are you doing? She's like, I know, I just can't help it. She gets all teary-eyed. But I love that about her because it just, it reminds me of her deep love. The second thing I love about my mom is I love my mom because it doesn't matter what is going on. I know my mom will be there in the drop of a hat. Again, I'm 35 years old. I have my own family. I have my own kids. I have essentially my own life. But if I needed anything from my mom, I could call her up right now and she would be there. In fact, she's probably listening to this and crying, knowing my mom. I love you, mom. And as I've become a father and I watch Jody with our kids, I've learned over the past, you know, seven, eight years of having kids to appreciate the things that my mom has done even more. The, the sacrifices and the energy and the love and the care and, and the worry and the concern. I've come to appreciate that so much more. And this, this kind of got me thinking how much children are a gift. And I, I think of Psalms uh, 127, it says this, Verse three, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from them because I myself have grown so much just being a parent and I've appreciated parents so much more because of it. But this got me thinking about about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And what would it be like to be the mother of Jesus? Like you're you're not just a parent to any child, you're a parent to the Messiah. So you got this, this, this woman, think about this, like try to imagine for a second, you, you're, you're a young woman and you have this angelic being appear before you and, and an angelic being, no, that nobody's heard from God for the past 400 years you know, or so. All of a sudden God appears to you in an angel and says, you're gonna have a baby. And you're not just gonna have any baby, you're gonna have God's son. Like that's just an, enough of a shocker as it is. And then imagine trying to raise this baby. Like this is, imagine trying to raise Jesus. I got, I got to thinking about this. Like what would it have been like to tell Jesus what to do? Right, like just imagine young Jesus and Mary's like, Jesus, do your chores. Not that I think Jesus would do this, but sometimes I wonder if like pubescent preteen Jesus was kind of like all snarky and like, do you know who you're talking to? Like he didn't because he's without sin, but sometimes I wonder like if that, like what would it have been like to raise Jesus, the Messiah? And here we have Mary, this person, this woman who's, who's been given this gift to raise Jesus, the Messiah. But there's so many things about um, her life and the, the glimpses we have of her that I believe that we can learn from today. And so I got three things that I wanna share. And I want you to just try to imagine um, the weight of, of Mary's life. The first thing that we learn from Mary is Mary said yes to God. Mary said yes to God. So in the, in the Gospel of Luke, we have Mary. She's a young girl. Historically, she's anywhere between the ages of 12 to 15 years old. And she's pledged to marry a man named Joseph. Now, we have to remember that we're reading something that happened in the first century. It's a completely different culture than us, a completely different time period. We cannot read this through a 21st century lens. So we have this young like girl Who's, who's engaged to marry this man named Joseph. And she gets a visit from this angelic being called an angel. Angel was actually a term, it's more of a job title to the spiritual being than describing the actual being. It's a conversation for another day. So she gets this visit and the angel says to her this, he says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now let's just pause for a second. You're this young girl, you're engaged 
and an angel appears before you in a time period when nobody's heard a word from God for over 400 years. And God shows up to you and says, you have found favor. Like that is favor. You have found favor with God. He goes on to say, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus and he will be great and will be called son of the most high. Now listen, listen to her response. She says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. Mary's first response to the words that God is speaking to her through this angel is speculation. She, she, like many of us, begins to think through logically, how's this, how's this gonna work? Uh, this isn't possible. Angel, I don't know if you know this, but it takes two to tango and I have yet to tango with anyone. That's, that's, that hasn't happened. How will this be? She goes straight to the logical. She goes straight to, how is this even possible? Her first reaction towards God leading her is how. And that is what we do. We go, we have these questions, but when God calls us or the spirit is leading us or, or points us in a direction, we think, how? How can I do this? How can I give that? How can I live like that? How can we, we do this thing? How will this be possible? And what happens is, is you and me, we often end there. We go straight at God, we feel a nudge. You know, God tells us to give something. He tells us to go somewhere. He tells us to speak to someone. He tells us to sell something. He tells us to move. And we automatically think like most human beings, we think, how? How is this possible? And we just go back and we go sit in our brain for a little bit and we just think and we ponder and we reflect. But the difference between you and I and Mary is she brought her speculation back to God. She brought the question back to God. She just didn't think how. She didn't just dwell on it. She didn't let it roll around in her thought life. She didn't let the how stop her. She brought it back to God. See, if God is leading us to do something and we're stuck on how, we should just ask him the question. I'm looking at Mary and I'm thinking, this is just so easy. How? How can I do this, God? How can I afford this? How can I go to that person? How can I make this happen? How can I leave my job? How can I raise this child? So Mary brings her question back to God. Her first, her first thought is speculation. How can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel says this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called, son, called the Son of God. For no word, it says in verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. God's answer to her how is God. And I just thought, that's so good. God's answer to her how is God. The Holy Spirit is how. God's power is how. For no, God, no word from God will ever fail. If God says it's gonna happen, it's going to happen. It's almost as God saying, because I said so. But not like how parents today, if, you, if you're a parent, even if you're a child, you're all, you know, at some point in your life, you had a parent that told you because I said so, right? Anybody in the room? No? Anybody online? At some point, your mom or dad just said, because I said so. You've said it. I've said it as a parent. And we usually say it kind of as an authoritarian, like this, we just need to put our foot down and we need to get our kid to stop. But that's not what God is doing. He's saying, because I said so, because he actually has possibilities. Nothing is impossible for God. He has the power. He has the ability to make it happen. So when he says, how? God is How? The Holy Spirit is how, how? Because I said so, and I can do anything. Nothing is impossible for 
me. We need to start having faith in the words that God speaks to us. We need to start believing that what God says will come to pass will actually come to pass. God's gonna lead you to do something. God's calling you to give up something. God's calling you to sell something. He's calling you to give something. He's telling you to move somewhere. He's telling you to pick up your family. He's calling you to do something that seems impossible for you. Don't doubt. Begin to realize that the God who can do all things is calling you to do it, so he's got a way for it. Right? Well, how is this possible, God? Do you realize that if I give up this, I can't pay my bill? Like, I sometimes wonder if God's looking like, really? You're worried about your bill? I'm God and I'm calling to do this. Don't you think I'll provide for you? Like, we don't think like that, but God's saying, because I said so. How is this possible? How can I conceive and give birth to a child? I'm a virgin. Because I'm God. That's how. We need to start having faith in the words that God speaks to us. We need to rest assured that if God said so, that is enough. That is enough. So listen to her response. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Basically, she says, okay. Mary said yes to God. If it's true, if it's your word, I am the Lord's servant. She doesn't go to more questioning. She doesn't go to more doubts. She doesn't try to figure it out. She doesn't try to reason her way. She doesn't try to say, okay, yeah, sure, but let me just think through. Uh, I got This is gonna throw things, a curveball and everything. I'm the Lord's servant. She says, yes. When's the last time you said yes to God? When's the last time you said, I'm the Lord's servant, have it your way? Now, if you're honest with yourself, that's sobering because we don't often say yes to God. Now, we know Mary's legacy because she said yes. Like we, We're speaking about her today because she said yes. We're learning from her story because she said yes. Salvation is here because she was obedient and partnered with God. Do you know that God wants you to partner with him? He wants to do things in and through your life. And all you need to do is say yes. God wants to work through your life. He wants to accomplish big things through your life. Are you willing to say yes? What is waiting on the other side of your obedience? Whose lives are waiting to be impact, impacted or changed because of your obedience? We have all been impacted because of Mary's obedience. Now, I believe that God knew that she would say yes, so obviously he's going to her. You found favor. I don't think he's gonna go to someone and be like, oh, shoot, man, didn't think this through. She said no. But I do believe that we can foster in ourselves an obedient heart and an obedient mind, and so we can become someone that when God comes to us, we're willing to say yes. And I don't know about you, but if the God of the universe created everything for purpose and intentionality, if I'm here for him, if there's a reason for my existence, if, if life at death begins in eternity, then I wanna be able to say that I said yes to God because I'm here for him and not anybody else. His purposes are the purposes. You know, something we say with our kids before they go to bed often is we say, what does God have for you? And they repeat back a purpose. 
And then we say, who can fulfill that purpose? And they say, me. And then we say, who else can fulfill that purpose? And they say, no one. Because we want them to know that God has a reason that they're on this planet. And we want them to be ready to say yes. She said, yes. What is waiting on the other side of our obedience? Some of us might be thinking, well, what is God asking me to do? I don't often hear God asking me to do stuff. Well, the first thing that we read in the scripture, because if you wanna hear from God, look to his word, it's living, it's active, is he's calling us to follow him. And what that means, we've been talking about this for the last, you know, in the last series we've been doing, the series called Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. But over the last little while, we've been talking about this word apprentice, what it means to be an apprentice of God, what it means to follow Jesus, to apprentice under him, to learn from him and to take on his way of living, his pace of life, to adopt it and to become more like Jesus. So he's calling us to apprentice under him and pattern our lives after him. Will you say yes? Now, now yes doesn't mean yes and then going back to the way you used to do things. It means actually working towards being an apprentice of Jesus. Second thing is he's calling us to go. It's a clear command in scripture to the disciples, to the followers of Jesus, to go and make more disciples. And, and someone who has said yes to God will naturally, the outflow of your life will be making more disciples because you're naturally gonna impact people because the change that's shifting in you. Like it's really easy for someone who's actually following Jesus, who've patterned their lives after him to have a conversation with someone. You don't even have to make the conversation happen. It's just gonna come up because Jesus is your life. When Jesus is the center of your life, it's easy for those conversations to come back to that. What'd you do on the weekend? I went to church, I watched church. It's just there. It's not like, oh shoot, man, I gotta figure out a way to have a conversation with someone to make more disciples. I don't even know how to make disciples. How do I make disciples? You're just a disciple yourself and the outflow of being one is making more. He's called us to go. He's called us to learn. He's called us to go. And this is gonna look different for each of us as we learn and grow, but it all requires sacrifice, energy, and resource. Like Mary's life was gonna radically change. Like she had to have thought, that if I'm going to have a baby outside of the tango, that's gonna cause people to talk. She had to have thought that, but she still said yes to the sacrifice. Will you say yes to God? Second thing we learn from Mary is Mary meditated on the things that God had done in her life. So fast forward a little bit. You know, Mary's pregnant. She goes on this, this 40 week journey. If you're a mom today, you know, you've gone on this 40 week journey that is like literally altering your entire body. I would not want to be a mom. I would not want to birth and be pregnant. Like your organs shift and change. You're uncomfortable all the time. You begin to waddle at one point. You're in nausea. Like it's just like, can I just speak to the dudes for a second? Like we, we try to talk about how men are so strong and able and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you try to have a baby. One, it's kind of physically impossible unless you do some crazy alterations. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's crazy what moms go through. Like my kids now, sometimes they, they try, like, you know, we're, we have mothers, we celebrated Mother's Day yesterday because I'm here today. And so we took the whole day and we kind of just dedicated it to Jody. And, you know, sometimes our kids get a little snarky, you know, with her. And, and I kind of try to, we kind of try to remind them, like, buddy, like, you wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for her. 
you wouldn't be in physical existence if she didn't carry you and, and, and birth you. And, and it's just, I would not wanna be a mom. Bless you moms. So Mary's going through this 40 week journey and finally Jesus is born. Finally, this, this life is here that the angel had spoken so many years ago or so many weeks ago. And then the angels appear again, but this time they appear to shepherds and they kind of tell the shepherds what's going on. The shepherds, after the angels appear to them, they hurry off and it says this. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. So let me just pause there. When you encounter the presence of God in a very genuine, real way, the, the result is you're gonna go and you're gonna tell. Like when you're actually been impacted by the manifest presence of God, the, the result is you're gonna wanna tell somebody. If you've ever been in, in a church service and it was just powerful and you walk away and go, man, it was so good. You know, God just showed up. He didn't just show up, you showed up, really. You showed up and you opened up your heart to his presence there. But when you've been impacted by the presence, they had, when they seen him, so they had already heard about him, right? The angels had already talked to, to the shepherds about Jesus, but when they had seen him, when they encountered his presence, that's when they went and spread the word. It says in verse 18, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. And then listen to this, but Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. So here is Mary. I, I wonder if after this, this 40 weeks of being pregnant and finally having Jesus, if she's thinking about what it really means to raise the Messiah, all of a sudden, Shepherds are showing up. You just given birth. Shepherds are showing up and they're worshiping him. And you begin to, to think through all these things. And it says that she ponders them in her heart. She's reflecting and meditating on the things that God is doing in her life. Now, over the past few weeks, we've been talking about hurry and what hurry does to us and how it, it causes us to, to push out the voice of God off. And we're so busy that we can't hear the things that God is doing. But another thing is we can't actually sit down in any space and just ponder about what God has done in our life. We, we kind of did it a little bit this morning as, as a team. We just sat and we thought through, okay, what, what are the things that God is doing in my life right now? But we're so hurried that we don't have the time to just reflect on what has God done. But here we have Mary, she's, she's pondering the things that God had done in her life. Do we take time to think about what God has done? Not just the little things and not just the big things, but all things. Do we take to heart the God moments and meditate on them? Listen, this happened because she said yes. She had things to reflect on because she said yes to God. Maybe somebody's here today, you're listening, you're like, well, I don't know what God's doing in my life. Well, when's the last time you said yes to God? Maybe you start saying yes to God and you'll start having things to reflect and ponder on. But if you actually just sit back and you just, you just pause for a moment, you press the pause button, you unhurry a bit, you, you take the silence and you just, you know, you, you intentionally think through what is God doing in my life, you'll think of things. Things will pop up, the Holy Spirit will bring them to remembrance. This happened because she said yes. Another instance, fast forward a little bit. Jesus is 12 years old. We only get a few glimpses into the life of Jesus when he's a baby, this preteen moment, and then when he's an adult. So Jesus and, and Joseph and Mary, they're living in Nazareth, but it's the Passover festival. And so it's the time when all the Jews remember the Lord leading them out of slavery and out of Egypt. So they go to Jerusalem to worship. And after it's all over, they begin to return home, but Jesus isn't with them. 
You know, it's, it's, it's the fact that they, were, they assumed he was with them because they were traveling in a, in a large group. You know, how do you lose Jesus? How do you lose Jesus? Imagine you're Mary. <laughs> you're Mary and you've been given this task to raise the Messiah and you lose him. Like imagine what you're thinking right now. We lost the Messiah. And Joseph being a typical man would be like, it's okay, we'll figure it out. She's like, we lost the Messiah. So, they, so here's what happens. Let's read the story. It says this in Luke chapter two. It says, thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. How do you go a day? A day. Then they began looking for him among the relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. This is where as a parent, the panic moment starts to set in, right? After three days, they found him in the temple courts, which is significant that for three days, they couldn't find Jesus sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Verse 47, everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Just like a mom, eh? I was worried sick. That's the, that's, you know, she probably said it a little bit like more forcefully, but that's how Luke recorded it. I was... We were anxious. I was worried sick. That's not true. That's just my paraphrasing. Verse 49. Why are you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Verse 51. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Now, I think this is pretty significant I think we have this story because this, this was a turning point moment for Mary. I think that this moment uh, marked her life as a turning point where she began to see Jesus um, stepping into his call to be the Messiah. So we have, this is Luke writing this, and at the beginning of Luke, he tells us that he investigated the story of Jesus. So he, he at some point sat down with Mary and he says, tell me about Jesus. Tell me about, from your perspective, his life and his journey. And I wonder if she said, you know, he said, tell me about like early on. And I wonder if she said something like, you know, there was this one time when he was 12 years old and this changed things for me. We lost him. You lost the Messiah? We lost the Messiah. He was in the temple and he was with the religious teachers. And he said these things. It was, a, it was a turning point moment for Mary. Listen, there are things that, are gonna, that God is gonna do in and through your life that are gonna be defining moments, moments that shape your story. And it's incredibly valuable to ponder them and to reflect upon them and to meditate on them. Researchers and scientists tell us that there are, there are highly demanding moments and rewarding moments that are kind of locked into our memory. But the more that we recall moments as well, the more we begin to lock them into memory. And I think it's incredibly important to meditate in our heart on the things that God does in our lives because that builds the library of God moments in our lives. It builds the library of God moments in our lives, moments that we can either call on later on for confidence because often we forget about what God did in our past when we're facing something in our future. So having those moments in the past prepares us for what's ahead, but also something that we can use to encourage others. We have the beginning of the life of Jesus because Mary pondered these things in her heart. We're talking about it today. We're able to talk about it today because she meditated on what God had done in her life. Let me ask you a question. 
what has God done in your life? What has God done in your life, God done in your life lately? Build your faith by pondering the things God has done. Build a testimony by reflecting on what he's doing. Talk about them. Share them with somebody. Write them down. What is God doing in your life right now? If I were to ask you that, would you have an answer? Mary did because Mary said yes. Number three, and I'm gonna close with this point, is Mary turned to Jesus for help when there was a problem. So let's fast forward the story. Jesus has grown up, it's John chapter two. Jesus had just began what we call his public ministry. He's shown up and he's calling disciples to follow him, but he hasn't done any public miracles yet. And Jesus and the disciples and Mary were invited to a wedding. Now weddings in the first century weren't like our weddings. Um, our weddings are usually like three quarters of a day long. Weddings in the first century for a Jew were like a week long. And every day new guests would come. And so a lot of wine and a lot of food was consumed. And it was actually a considerable um, financial strain on the family providing. And so in this wedding, they're, they're celebrating a couple. And it says that they ran out of wine, which is a huge social no-no. Like this is taboo. You don't do this. This is going to be an incredible embarrassment for the family. Like imagine you're hosting a wedding and you run out of food and you can't serve your guests or wine and you can't serve your guests and yours only lasts half a day or a day. This is a week, <laughs> this is a week. And so Mary goes to Jesus. It's not like somebody's sick. It's not like um, someone's dying, but she turns to Jesus and it says this in John chapter two. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. And listen to his response. Woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. And it says this in verse five, his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Let me just pause for a moment. Who in their right mind would call their mother this? Woman, listen here, woman. My mom would throw a shoe at me. At me. She probably would, or a wooden spoon. One of those. Can I just give you some quick advice? Don't read scripture at face value. Like, don't look at this as a prescription on how to treat women in your life. So this is why, let me pause. This is why it's so incredibly important to not read scripture literally through a 21st century lens. But it's important to understand its literary and historical context. So the Greek word for woman here is not disrespectful. It's actually a very loving term. And it's something that Jesus actually used and addressed Mary when he was hanging on the cross as well. So he, he's showing love and care towards her. Mom, why are you involving me? Mom, why, why are you involving me? My time's not yet. And what I love about Mary is she doesn't even like respond to that. She just turns to the servants. Do whatever he tells you to do. She doesn't even give him the time of day, right? She's had him for 30 years. Like, yeah, you're the Messiah, but I'm your mom, okay? You're the Messiah, but I'm your mom. Do whatever he tells you to do. She knew that she could turn to Jesus when there was a problem. And it wasn't even just her problem. And it wasn't like emergency. Hospitality was huge for a Jew, but it wasn't emergency. She knew that she could turn to him. Why? Because once she said yes. 
She reflected on the things. She can look back. You know, she has the miraculous angelic encounter. She has the, the birth of, of Jesus. She has the angels. She has all these moments. She has the, the scene when he's 12 years old. She has all these things that she can look back to and see this, the miracle that God had done in and through her life. And so she knew that she can turn to Jesus because of what God had done and through her past. She knew that he, she could trust him with, with the future. The first thing that she did was she went to him. That's the first thing she did. What's the first thing you do when you got a problem? What's the first thing that you do? Worry? Panic? Fear? Try to use logic or maybe reason? See, often Jesus is our last resort. How can we call ourselves followers of Jesus when he's our last resort? How can we claim that he's our Lord and our Savior, our God, right? A God is something you worship and he's the last thing we turn to. I know people who have problems and they don't even give it to Jesus. It's like, it's like they're gonna disturb him or something. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, I got this. You have God, you have Jesus. Like he's a good father. He wants to bless you. He wants to serve you, he wants to help you. The Bible says this in Psalms 118 verse seven, the Lord is with me, he is my helper. 46 verse one, God is a refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. We can go to him with our problems. That's what a good parent does. Now maybe you're here today and you're like me, you're like we're not perfect. I'm not always there for my kids the way I should be. My parents weren't always there for me like they should have been. Like we are imperfect, but God is a perfect father. And he's ready to help us and comfort us. Why do we worry about our problems? Why do we fear? Why do we turn to logic and reason? Why can't the first thing we do is go to him? Father, I got a problem, I need help. Like listen, maybe you're here today and your mom was never there for you. This is a painful day for you. You have a heavenly father who is there for you. Maybe you're here today and your parents still aren't there for you. They're kind of there, but they're not really there. Maybe you're here today and you feel like the parent that's just failed. You have a heavenly father who you can turn to, who will never fail, who will never fall short. He'll never drop the ball. We were talking one thing somebody shared this morning about what God has, has been doing in their life is learning consistency. God is consistently there. He doesn't wave, he doesn't wander. You, you, you pick up the phone call to call him. He's not gonna not answer. He is there. He's an ever-present help in trouble. Mary knew this and she was the mother of Jesus. She knew she could go to him. Church, we can go to him. Mothers, you can go to him. Like I, I watch this. I watch how hard it is. The energy, the, the compassion, the, the sacrifice that moms do and it's draining and you're, and you're tired. And sometimes you wonder if you're doing, dads too, parents, like people. God is there for you. He's there for you. Mary said yes to God. Mary reflected on the things that he was doing in and through her life. And she turned to him. See, I believe, church, that in this next season of life, if you've already missed it, 
it's still there, that God is gonna call us to things. As followers of Jesus, he's gonna call you to things. And it's not as supernatural looking as you think. Like we think the clouds are gonna part. You know, lightning is gonna strike through the sky. We're gonna see a burning bush. Like we think all these crazy things, like these Hollywood kind of things are gonna happen. And that's when God's gonna call us to some mighty feet. No, do you know what he's gonna call you to do? He's gonna call you to pick up the phone and text somebody. Or maybe give a little bit more money to a cause. Or maybe sacrifice a little bit more time. He's gonna call you to those things. Will you say yes? And listen, when God calls you to those big things, I think he's calling the church, not just Parkway Church, but to the church, to a new level of what it means to follow after him in this next new normal post-COVID life. Are we ready to say yes? Mary's life was drastically gonna change. Are we willing to be like Mary and say yes? If you're calling me, if it's your will, may your word be fulfilled in me. May it be fulfilled in me. And here's the thing, church, when we say yes to God and we follow after him, he's there for us through the process. He's there for you when the problem arises. You can't follow after Jesus and he's gonna leave you to dry. He's not gonna leave you, he's not gonna forsake you. He's not like, oh, good, follow after me, I'll see you on eternity. That's not the God we serve. He is there for us when we have a problem. So can I encourage you this Mother's Day for everybody? One, open your ears, listen. What is he calling you to do? Stop, stop asking how and bring your how to him. How is this possible? Ask the God who's calling you. He's probably got a plan in place. How am I gonna do this? Ask the God who's asking you. He's got a purpose. Bring it to God, open your ear. What's he calling you to do? And say yes. When you got a problem, go to him and reflect because that reflecting part, that meditating part on the things that God is doing is so important because that's kind of like a, the power behind it all. That's like the, the strength to get through. I remember what he did here and I remember what he did here. You know, sometimes we forget that. We don't look. That's why the Jews, the people of God had all these festivals to remember the things that God had done in the past because we forget as people but just looking back, it helps us to move forward. So it's like May 9th, 2021, and we're looking to the rest of life and what the rest of life has. And we don't know, especially in this pandemic, we have no idea what the rest of the year is gonna look like. A year from now, we can speculate one way or the other. The reality is, as a follower of Jesus, it's not necessarily gonna get better, but we can trust God looking ahead because of what he's done in the past. And I wanna say yes, because one day I'm gonna stand before him. And not, not that I think God is gonna be this, this judge, this condemning judge that's gonna look down on me for the things that I've done. Not that I think God is going to stick his nose up at me when I said no instead of saying yes. But I wanna enter in and have him say, well done, you said yes. I think we're gonna stand before God and even as the judge, we have, we have Jesus interceding for us. I think he's gonna be very loving in his judgment, very merciful in his judgment. But I want, when I, when I open my eyes and I see the Lord in eternity, I, I, want, I want him to step off the throne and say, you did it. 
want that moment. Eternity is significantly longer than our life here on earth. Say yes. So I wanna pray for us today. I wanna pray that we would lean closer to Jesus to hear the things he's calling us to do and have the strength and faith to say yes. I wanna pray that we would take time to reflect and meditate on the things he's doing in our lives. And I wanna pray that we would go to him for help. So wherever you are in the room or online, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the story of your life. Thank you for the gospels. And I thank you that we can learn from them. Lord, as we looked at the life of Mary today, just glimpses of her life, I pray that we would take those truths to heart, that this young girl said yes, so we can say yes. Lord, and help us to be the people that you would come to with things that you want us to do. Help us to foster a heart of obedience, a mind that is ready to say yes, so that when you come, God calling us to follow, to sacrifice, to give, to go, that we would be ready. Help us to hear the things, God, that you're already calling us towards. Maybe there's somebody here today that's been feeling something for a long time and today's just the nudge to finally say yes. Lord, help us to take time. Lord, we've been learning through this series on hurry, God, that, that we are too hurried and we need to unhurry our lives. And so I pray that we learn to take silence and solitude and Sabbath rhythm and time, taking a pace of life so we have time to reflect and meditate. Maybe even today, at some point, we're gonna reflect and meditate on just the things you've already done and are doing in our lives. And Lord, let us learn that we can go to you. You're a good father. You're a good father who is there for us, who is ready and waiting to work with our problems. We can go to you today. And so I pray that maybe somebody here, God, needs to hear that, that they can go to you with their problem. Oh, we love you. We thank you. Lord, we bless you. Fill every heart, I pray, with love. Let everyone today know your presence perfect peace in the name of Jesus. We bless you, God. Amen. Hey, listen, God bless you. If you're in need of prayer, uh, you can reach out to us. If you're on Facebook watching or YouTube, you can reach out to us. You can go on our website and fill out a form there. That's the more formal way. You can message us, call us. In any way, we wanna pray with you. Um, if you're new, um, let us know by filling out that Connect card. And to all the moms, have a happy Mother's Day. I'm praying that God fills your heart with love. And to those of you who have a little bit maybe pain today, I pray that you feel his comfort. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.